0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck. Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Thunderous Applause, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me tonight again, Dan Galinsky, Amadou Sow.
2: Amadou, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be on another pod once again.
0: Dan, how is your, uh, your Thursday night going?
3: Oh, standing. Sorry, I tried to sound like Zach there
0: out (laughs) all good um it was kind of a rough week for the cavaliers uh two losses to bring us to four and four lost twice to the magic uh 103 83 the first game 105 94 in the second the injuries really really piled up this week the cavaliers were as usual without kevin love kevin Porter jr dylan windler Matthew Dolvadova. They were also without Garland this week in both games. They were without Okoro in the first game. And Dante went down with a calf strain 49 seconds into the first game. He will be out one to two months. Terrible stuff to hear there. Um, Colin and Damian Dotson also both rolled their ankles in that second game. Uh, both are playing tonight. We'll, we'll see, you know... How many minutes they're going to play? They're going to need to play quite a few if they're able to, because those are the only two guards that are active on this roster right now. But uh, Dan, we can start with you. How do you think the Cavs played in these first two games, or in these in these last two games overall? I thought you know they put out the best effort that they could. They just kind of ran out of steam. It seemed like in the third quarters of both games, they just kind of didn't have very much anymore. They had to go all the way to the back of their bench to find guys who could play minutes. And it just kind of didn't work out for them.
3: Yeah, it was really rough for them uh, just because as you hit on um, just the lack of available bodies and guys that really can uh, be, I guess, regular really, or set semi-regular um, rotation players. It's been, yeah, they've just been dealt a really rough hand. Um, and... We'll have to see how they, uh, if they can patch things together more here. Um, maybe they'll be able to get a couple guys uh, relatively soon, but um, just looking at how that they're reportedly going to um, apply for that hardship exception, it's, it just shows that they're probably still going to be dealing with that. And uh, on the plus side, I thought the defensive effort. Um, last game, it kind of waned a little bit, but I thought that they've at least shown grit, and I, I give them credit for that. And they've they've had runs, um, had some spurts, but just unfortunately haven't been able to knock down uh, open looks and haven't been able to really get out and run a whole lot. Ahmed, um, what have been your thoughts from these past couple of games?
2: Yeah, I feel like the team as a whole, you know, under the circumstances. It's, it's tough to play when you have, you know, tons and tons of rotation players out. You know, you're playing two-way guys or some guys right are at the back end of the, the rotation. Um, you know, like we talked about, I mean, look, the team played well in the first half in both games. And then it looks like that third quarter, they're just gassed coming out of halftime. They don't have that same energy. So, it's, you know, it's tough to deal with that against a, a Magic team that has looked very well this year. Defensively in both games, honestly, I thought it was good. I feel like last game... They played well defensively, but I, I don't know if you want to say it's played well defensively or just the, the Magic weren't hitting their shots, but it was all around. I mean, good team effort in both first halves. Just couldn't get done, honestly, but can't really blame them.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, the effort was there. I think, you know, even without so many pieces, you know, they, they still looked like, you know, they were trying to be the same team. I think, you know, they still had runs where they looked like the the fun team that we've seen. It's just when you're playing, you know, some of these back-of-bench guys, you know, we've gotten our first really, really good look at a guy like Lamar Stevens here. And, you know, I mean, you don't expect much from him because he's, you know, a rookie two-way player when undrafted. But, you know, he's been looking kind of rough. We'll get into him a little bit more. Um, Just a guy like Nikola Vucevic really just kind of killed us in both of these games, you know, during some of the Magic runs. You know, just especially when you have to throw guys out there like Thon Maker, um, Vucevic is going to score on hooks on him every single time. Um, you know, Terrence Ross was shooting the ball well. Overall, you know, it, it sucked to see you know Foltz go down. And obviously, he tore his ACL. That that really you know sucked to see as well. But he was playing well before that. Um, overall, yeah, just <laughs> they they looked like a team that was missing you know seven players. But um, you know, there are still some positives to take away from this, uh, Colin. Obviously, he needed to score a lot because of so many, you know, other scores out of the lineup. He continued to roll. Um, had 24 in the first game, 21 points in the second. I think I, did I see today that he is he holds the record now with a franchise record yeah, for, for most, most consecutive 20-point games yeah. to start a season. He's at eight mm-hmm. now. That's yep. a record. That that was that was kind of surprising. I'm surprised that you know neither LeBron or Kyrie ever surpassed that. But um, either way, you know, great stuff to see from him. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, he had to take a lot of shots in both of these games, um, you know, looked a little bit out of it. in one of these games, it seemed like, you know, he just couldn't keep his dribble. Uh, and obviously when he was the only real ball handler on the floor, he had to be relied upon in that area as well. But uh, Amadou, how do you think Colin looked through these first couple games? I keep saying I first like, couple, but these last couple. Oh well,
2: yeah, these last two. I feel like Collins look well. I mean, he's looked like how he's looked the whole season. You know, like you said, he's scoring um, in this, you know, type of role that he has. Now he has to be the main ball handler. You know, maybe that doesn't suit him as much because, of course, you know, we see his playmaking and his, you know, his passing is maybe, I don't want to say a weak point, but, you know, a point that still, you know, has to improve and such. But, you know, I feel like he's looked great, um, like he's looked all season. You know, it's just a... Consistent, classic Colin Sexton this year.
3: Dan, any thoughts to add there? Yeah, I don't think it's – yes, he's had to to have a huge uh, usage here. But as Amadou hit on, um, it it really hasn't been – I don't really blame that as the circumstances. He's been – continued to be efficient as a scorer and – Um, just what he's been able to do uh, in the pick and roll just has has looked masterful in that regard um, throughout the year and I I just think maybe the stats don't the stats don't show it but his passing has has looked better and unfortunately a lot of guys just um, just haven't been able to knock the shots down I think Nance is like four of 20 from three uh, I I think in the last four or five games or something maybe the last five games he's shooting sub 30 percent from three in a year and um, not to kill Nance but uh, Collins assist numbers definitely could be higher
0: yeah you can look at I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me but as far as potential assists go you know you can look at Collins yeah total assists and I think that they're they're fairly low but um, yeah. When you when you look at him just making the right plays, I think that there is still improvement made there. Um, and we talked about you know Collins setting a franchise record with those eight twenty point games. I, I think the the previous record was five for most double doubles to start a season in franchise history. Andre, I don't think has looked great in these first or in these. I keep saying first, I can't stop myself. But these last. Couple of games, I think he's he's up to eight now as well. I, I believe the last record was five for you know consecutive double doubles to start a season. Um, Andre, I don't know. It's been a little bit interesting for him these past couple of games. Um, has not shot the ball great in either of them. Well, he, he went nine for sixteen last game, but um, haven't hasn't been hitting his free throws. Uh, hasn't been getting to the line very much. I think he was zero for two in one of these games and. One for four, in the other. Uh, you know, comparing that to some earlier games in the season where he was getting to the line a ton, you know, you'd like to see a little bit of more of that from him. Uh, he's still getting, you know, those. He's still getting his shots. You know, that's for sure. Um, five for fourteen in the first game. You know, a, a lot of just Andre Drummond misses. I think we can just call him that at this point, and everyone knows what they mean. As of you know, just him getting the ball in the post. And, you know, putting up a shot that just, you, know, you would expect, you know, an an average post-up player to at least, you know, come close on, and he just doesn't. Um, how do you think that uh, Andre has looked through these first couple of games, Amadou? Man, By the way, I'm um, not going to stop saying first couple of games. I don't know why I can't stop myself, <laughs> but either
2: way. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we've talked about in previous pods, um, Andre has just been so on and off, so just so inconsistent. And um, I think it was either last podcast or two podcasts ago, we talked about uh, matchups I wanted to see during this magic run. <laughs> Andre and Vucevic came up and we saw that, you know, Andre just couldn't really hold his own, which is, I don't I feel like that's something that the Cavs have to look at if you're looking to resign. I mean, against just competent bigs, you know, quality big men, we see Andre struggle Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, he's missing a lot of bunnies, like a lot of shots that you just should make for a guy who, you know, we see him as like a post player. He just just misses them. It's just like I think it's a touch thing, honestly, because you is. know he just tries to throws it up on the rim and then it just doesn't go down. But I, I don't know. I mean, 14 rebounds the first game, 15 rebounds the second game. You know, that's good. But overall, I didn't really like his play these past two games. Yeah, I mean, to be though. fair,
0: to be fair, he did have nineteen and fifteen last game. You, you know, it? shot respectable from the field. You know, again, like you see, he's not making free throws, but it is just you know, for someone who takes as many post up attempts as he does, you would really expect him to have a little bit more touch. Like, like you said, it, it is just that touch factor. As far as just really, yeah, you know, I mean, he gets some pretty clean looks sometimes, and still just bricks them um overall and i and i guess in a game like you know this last one where again you have pretty much colin on the floor for offense and that's it you know dots can hit some shots uh jetty you know we'll get to in a minute but he's you know gonna shoot at least but you do need to rely on someone like andre i guess for offense more than you normally would but dan how did you feel he played in these last couple of games
3: well, I don't know, I, I, looking at the stats, I mean, when he was guarded by Vucevic, he had 11 points, shot 5 of 8 from the field, um, 1 of 2 from the foul line, but, so that's that's the good um, when he's been able to kind of get inside, and, and more so when he's been able to get those dives that seem to work, and, and or get will post seals, that's when he's had success, but also in that strategy zero assists and three turnovers and got blocked once. So that just kind of, to me, shows the up and down with Drummond. Um, there can be some really good play where he's getting low post position. but And then defensively, Vucevic didn't have any points against him, but he had two assists. And he was 0-3 from three, but I, those threes, I mean, they were wide open. And, and Drummond just... It seems like he just doesn't at times play to the scouting report, and Vucevic is not a player that you can leave. And he, I just don't think he really contested any of those. And you see those sort of kind of lapses too often with Drummond. And I understand he wants to; his natural inclination is he's going to go to the rim and guard the the roll and or short short roll. But you just have too many of those lapses from him, and. It, uh, Again, the the lack of touch is is just apparent um, by and large. And I, Amadou wrote in a piece recently. I think he was. I don't. This was a couple games back, but he was like had the fifth. I think it was like yeah, maybe fifth um, worst percentage or something of bigs that have started one game yeah. inside of like five feet or something like that. Um, and that's just pretty much the epitome of Drummond and. I guess you could say epitome, microcosm, whatever. Um, active defensively on the interior. And, and I think he's done a solid job kind of deterring baseline drives, kind of forced kicks, but it's, again, there's just too much of a mixed bag to, for him to be, like for what he's making this season, we know that it wasn't the Cavs that did that deal, but you just you just question a long-term decision if, if they were to commit to that to that yeah and, and just looking at you
0: know in the first game he took 14 shots in the second game he, he took 16 shots you know you're, with andre most of those shots are coming around the rim and he got to the line three times i just don't think that that's enough i think that just kind of shows you the difficulty of the shots that he's taking as far as trying to you know get hooks on on fadeaways or near or, you know, not fadeaways but on post-ups just in general he like what Andre is good at when he's in the post is, like you said, getting a seal and then just bullying and you know throwing the guy out of the way and getting himself an easy look. And you know when Andre is able to do that, he's very effective. But I think you know for him to take thirty shots and get to the line three times, especially as a bad three throw shooter, when teams you know usually aren't that afraid to foul him. I think that that just kind of shows you, you know, the types of shots that he's taking. And, um, again, you know, he, he, he does have to have a little bit of an increased workload. But, overall, you'd, you'd like to see that improve. You'd like to see those free throw numbers go up. <sighs> Looking at someone else, you know, another, we talk about, you know, the inconsistency of a guy like Andre. How about Jetty? First game coming off the bench, he has 18 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Shot four for eight from three. You know, six for fourteen from the field. We can we can get past that though. Then in this last game, Jetty shoots the ball in the starting lineup, one for 12. 4 points. <sighs> is it really just a is it is it a bench versus starting role thing with him? And I I, I will give Jetty credit because he did have seven assists, I believe, in, in both of these games. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, he had three steals last game, and um, yeah, I I won't say that that was because of, you know, it, it, they were good heads-up steals, but it didn't really indicate his defensive performance as a whole, because it's, you know, it's still out of place all the time. You know, the, we know the story with Jetty on defense. Um, I, I really, by the way, did not like Jetty in the zone. in. Um, in a defense where you have to be able to defend in space and you have to be able to know where to be all the time, I just got to say I was not a fan of that. But um, overall, you know, he did, again, in an increased usage rate, move the ball pretty well. But I just I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of, you know, going 4 for 8 from 3 to going, what was it, you know, 0 oh for 7 from 3 the next night, 1 from 12 from the field overall. Dan, did, what, what are your thoughts here on, on Jetty and how he's been doing?
3: Well, it's been good to see him make some really nice passes the last few games. I, I give him credit for that. Um, the Cavs really had needed it. And uh, he's he, we're, they're going to need more of that from him, whether it be uh, regardless of, of the amount of minutes here. Um, he, he's going to play a good amount of minutes in this upcoming stretch anyway and without garland available you need that from jetty or a guy like him i still i still think akora we're gonna need to see in a a key ball mover role too um but yeah that was good to see from jetty uh that generated a number of open looks and um it was it's Solid, um, it was a solid way to get Colin a couple spot ups there that was um, good to see for him, but uh, with Jetty, yeah, it's, it's just again the roller coaster ride when he's in a starting role for some reason, there's just you just really don't know what you're gonna get, and just yeah, as you alluded to defensively, off the ball, he had a couple nice steals that. Um, we're kind of reading your react steals kind of shut off um, the one of them I know or remember he kind of shut off the opposite corner, which was good to see you in anticipation there. Um, but, yeah, in a zone type of standpoint, he just doesn't seem to I, I don't know what it is with Jetty. It just doesn't seem I, I don't know how, he just doesn't seem to know what he's doing when it comes to closeouts. I don't know what that is. Uh, it, it's in year four. It's just too late. To, to make those kind of hand down mistakes you just you see it too often uh, but it was he plays with effort I give him credit for that but it's just we we just never know with him that's that's what stands out Amadou how do you think that Jetty looked
2: these past couple of games here um first game you know I thought he looked pretty good offensively you know what 18.7 assists that's great but then you see the following game, one of twelve, and four points. He did also have some assists. Um, I did also see, like you guys have been talking about, him in the zone is just not it, and it's the inconsistencies on offense. I don't know. You know, I tried. You know, I tried to give Jetty a pass on this. Maybe it's the fact that you know you got guys out and stuff like that. But at some point, it just gets to a time where it's like, okay, maybe this is just what Jetty is, and honestly, this is just what he is. You know, he has inconsistencies. You know, some days he's hot, some days he's not. And it's really that.
0: It really is. Like I said, you know, we talked about in the past, you know, which Jetty is the real Jetty. Maybe this is the real Jetty. You know, maybe we're not going to get one or the other. Maybe this is going to be one night, you know, he has 20 points and the next night he has two. That's just going to be – and the shots are going to be the same. You know, he's not going to stop shooting. He hasn't stopped shooting yet. But, um, you know <laughs> – I guess maybe it is just going to be a roll of the dice, and um, that's less than ideal when you have to start him or you know bring him off. When this is one of the first guys off the bench, but you know I think you know if you can, if you can make him that that ninth man in your rotation, if that eighth man in the rotation, that's not as big of a deal. But um, in the in the current state of the Cavs, you know they 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 need him to shoot the ball well, so it'll be interesting moving forward as the Cavaliers struggle with healthy bodies to see how he looks. Speaking of healthy bodies, Isaac Okoro has come back. Uh, he you know had a little absence there, but he has returned to the lineup. Amadou, how do you think Isaac looked last night? I thought he had a fantastic game. Yeah, I believe he I shot thought... four or five from the field, made both of his free throws. Uh, missed his only shot as it was a three-year ball. That happens. Um, overall, uh, it Having him in the lineup was a, a huge boost. Yeah. Would you
2: agree? 100%. Yeah, you can just see how differently the team plays when he's out there versus when he's not. I mean, he's active on both sides, you know, moving the ball on offense while being very active on defense. He had a couple of deflections that were really nice, nice to see. Excuse me. You like it's just it's the impact, and it's it's great to see. I'm happy that he's back and healthy again, or as healthy as can be. Um. Yeah, I mean, what what can I what differently I can I say? Offense, he looked, you know, great. Like you said, he had four finishes. He had some great finishes around the rim too, which was you know nice to see. Defensively, did his thing. I really like what I seen from Makoro last night.
3: Dan, how do you think Isaac looked last night? Um, pretty much ditto um, to what Andrew said. Um, just every time you see him out there, and and he's given real touches, um, especially in the open floor. Uh, in the open floor, to me, he's he's by far the Cavs' best finisher. Um, just really, really crafty. Uh, it's it's not all bully ball. He's he's got a nice kind of um, kind of a euro step type type move. Um, I thought I thought he honestly got away with a travel yesterday. I think Terrence Ross kind of um, or maybe it was a jump ball and he, he ended up getting the call. Um, but yeah, the, the kid is just looks very mature for his age. Just. Whenever there's an extra pass to be made, he's going to make it. Uh, And just, yeah, defensively, he had a couple moments where it almost seems like he kind of closes out too hard um, and then kind of gets beat initially. But um, often kind of regains ground and um, overall just does a a really good job um, off the ball, just gets those deflections uh, as Amadou hit on and. He's they just have a different amount of ball pressure, um, just can just be more engaged defensively when he's in there.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, having him back, especially someone who can kind of slide up in the in the rotation as well, as far as positionally, um, you know, being able to play a little bit of two guard. We've seen him do that this year when the Cavaliers were healthy. So, you know, tonight and moving forward, you know, with these injuries, they're they're definitely just going to need him to play. Um, you know, I think what he brings isn't a ton, but it'll be interesting to see what he, what he continues to do with, you know, probably some increased opportunities again, just with, you know, the need for, you know, people to get shots up. So excited to see what he has going on.
1: Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
0: Looking at someone else, Lamar Stevens, like I mentioned earlier, has been getting some real run on this team. In the first game, played 15 minutes, uh, had, I believe, six points. yeah, Last game, played 20 and a half minutes. Um, you know, last night he had tw- 10 points, you know, six rebounds. Overall, in, in the first game, you know, I thought he played really, really pretty poorly, which, you know, is to be expected. He's an undrafted rookie two-way guy getting his first real shot at meaningful minutes. Um, really missed, you know, like I said, he went two for eight from the field. Um, just looked a little, you know, overall, he's looked pretty lost out there, which, again, is not to be harsh. It's, you know, his first first real action. But, um again, you know, with with that wing and really, I mean, he's playing a little bit of guard as well, being so thin he's needed. Um, I thought he bounced back okay in the next game. Um, you know, again, a, a few bad misses. I think he airballed a three as well. But um overall, you know, I think – it, you don't expect him to be a contributor at this point. And uh, I, I don't think that the early returns have been oh, – they they haven't been good. But for what I expected from Lamar Stevens and Meaningful Minutes, I wouldn't say they've been
2: bad. How have you felt about him, Mamadou? Yeah, I feel like – you know, you could say it hasn't been good, but it hasn't really been bad. Like you said, this is his first NBA action. He's an undrafted guy. I, you know, I'm not expecting him to come out here and just, just you know, go all out. So I'm not, I'm not too harsh on him. There were times where I feel like he was probably doing a little bit too much. Um, but again, like you said, you know, undrafted guy, his first NBA action. I can't be too harsh on him. Um, but it is nice to see him get some playing time. You know, the Cavs, you know, did say that they like what they saw of him out of college. So there's that.
0: And I think you know, we we see it with a lot of these. You know, younger two-way type of guys was there were probably some nerves in that first game too. You know, again, like he he just missed some incredibly easy shots, um, and you know, like I said, I think even in the second game he's corrected that. Um, I think he's part of the reason that you know this team kind of gave up those third quarter runs when the guys when the Cavs just needed another body and Lamar Stevens kind of ended up being that guy, and that usually coincided with a magic run that kind of put the Cavs out of the game. But, uh, Dan, what have you seen from Lamar Stevens, things that you've liked, things that you've disliked?
3: Well, frankly, with two-way guys, I'd rather them be aggressive than not. Um, I'm done with the Matt Mooney stuff where guys are just passing up open looks and and we're not looking to initiate um, I, I like when guys. I can fault. I can't fault a guy for um, trying to make things happen, especially in a team would, that is so depleted right now um, in terms of bodies. And you might as well go out there and just show them what you can do. And um, I don't really blame the guy. He's trying to probably make a selling point for himself to maybe get in there for some spot minutes later on. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, that first game it was rough, but. Um, I thought at least with Lamar Stevens, he can actually create his own shot a little bit. Um, he, he's kind of a mid, big mid-range kind of pull-up guy, which I know fans probably cringe at, but um, those are shots that a lot of players like. They're what's going to be there, and you have to take them at times in settled offense. And he's a guy that a little bit, um, maybe if he gets his confidence level going, can be a guy that. Uh, at times can learn how to play a little bit of bully ball a little bit. He's, he's pretty thick um, for a wing. Uh, not really a guy that you want out there playing really at the two um, too much. But um, defensively, at least he's – individually, I think he's pretty – I think he struggled. Um, just has a little bit of heavy feet uh, for a wing. But in college, he was often playing the four. So kind of like a – Small ball four type. I guess in college that's not really small ball, but um, I, I don't think he's really been bad. I think we saw a pretty solid activity off the ball um, from him in the last game, and uh, if the Cavs can kind of get him some transition looks, I think that's where he can really use his body. Um, is is a decent finisher. I mean, at least it was in college, and I, I think if he can get out and run a little bit, um, that's a guy that can go out there and finish if he's given the opportunity In set offense. I think he'll have his ups and downs, but um, I, I'm okay with the guy trying to um, look for himself a little bit just because the Cavs offensively were so limited. Yeah, I, I agree with that. One more guy I want to talk
0: about just a little bit uh, Thon maker, you know, he, he played fine in both these games had, you know, 17 and a half minutes and the first matchup against Orlando had, you know, 14 and a half in the second Shot the ball all right from inside. You know, actually, you know, I mean, overall he took, let's see, did he take five shots and made three of them? Um, The one, one of his misses was from outside. It was a three that he airballed. Um, That's kind of what I want to talk about. You know, I I don't really, I, I don't have anything, you know, too harsh to say about his overall game. Again, and we knew that this was the case, but interior defense for Thon is rough just because he is rail thin and especially against a guy like Nikola Vucevic, he just got cooked. You know, the entire time he was on the floor against him, you know, just really when you when he's not able to deny the ball, or you know, the, the defense in general just isn't able to deny the ball to Vucevic when Thana's on the floor it's going to be a pretty, you know, good look for Vooch every single time close to the rim because again, he is big enough to back him down and he's skilled enough to, you know, finish over him with with floaters or through him or whatever. But um floaters hooks. The one thing I want to talk about though is, you know, and free throws I don't think have been terrible this year, but can Thon shoot from outside at all? Like this is someone who you know through most of his career with the Bucks and the Pistons, you know had seasons where he where he's taken two threes a game and hit them at least at a you know respectable clip. I don't think through the preseason or regular season he's made a single three, and he's really not firing with you know volume or confidence. And I, I didn't expect him to just be a three point gunner, but. Like, he's just, it seems like he's hesitant to shoot it there at times. And, you know, when he does, we saw, you know, last night he airballed one. It just seems like that that's not a, what I really expected from him when we first got him. Has this been something that is, you know, that you've noticed, Dan? Where are you at with Thon maker and the outside J?
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought he'd be able to be passable somewhat, um... I think, Lat, I don't remember what he shot last year. Um, I, I thought it was semi decent. Uh, but yeah, he just does not seem confident at all in, in that perspective. And um, yeah, he shot 34.4% from three um, with Detroit. I mean, the, the volume was one a game, essentially. But uh, I mean, for his career, almost 33%, which isn't, I mean, for a basically like a 12, 13 minute player isn't it's a big, isn't awful. Uh, but yeah, just doesn't seem to have confidence in those situations right now. And it seems like he just is shooting like down, downward just because he's so tall. It seems like that's kind of the um, issue there. And it's, it's been unfortunate for him, but um in a new situation, but I, I thought that we'd be able to see some pick and pops with him, with at least to some viability. But that's, I mean, I, I the more you look, I think with him, and frankly, I think he's he's gonna play the four um, it, when he's out there yeah, he a is. good amount of the time. Just it's honestly like I I didn't think it would be nearly this much, but it's you never with him it just seems like he's he's kind of an energy guy he sets he's set some decent screens i think but yeah just if if you're gonna have a guy out there that is that thin he's he's got to be able to counteract uh, on the other end by at least hitting those at times and it his yeah his his confidence just seems really derailed right now i mean javel mcgee is
0: shooting from outside with more confidence than Tom yeah that's right
3: now. yeah that's concerning
0: Amador, are you concerned about this? I mean, obviously, we're only eight games into the season. Do you think he can get it turned around?
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is with Thon, because for me, and like we talked about in the podcast, one of the reasons why I specifically wanted Thon is because, you know, he had that ability to step out and hit that three, and we just haven't seen I think last night was the first three he took in the regular season this year, which, you know, he is playing limited, middle, yeah, he's playing limited minutes, but, I mean, at the same time, I, I don't was. know. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or maybe he just doesn't want to do too much when he's out there, but I definitely do want to see him start, you know, hitting more threes. Like you said, I mean, you did say, like, you know, Javel's taking more threes, but I don't know. I mean, Javel's a vet. He's a, what, three time champion? I feel like he, he, he's owned that. Uh, Whereas Thon is, I guess, fighting for a rotation spot. I mean, these are minutes where, you know, you want Thon to go out there and, you know, provide you with defense. Maybe, that, Maybe that's his mindset. I don't know, you know. This is his chance to to earn more minutes, and he just doesn't want to do too, too much. But I don't don't know. I don't know. I definitely would like to see him start, you know, attempting more at the very least.
0: This is a fair point that, you know, JaVale kind of has his spot on this team set, whereas Don you know, kind of had to fight to be the 15th man on the roster. But you'd think that at the same time, you know, providing that value and, you know, providing a reason to play you more in at least – looking confident from you know being able to shoot out there and again like I, I do think you know like you said Danny's brought energy you know for even for being as thin as he is I think he's a good screener um he's a he's a he seems to have a knack for you know getting some offensive putbacks as well um around the rim that's you know he he has a little bit of touchdown there but um I, I'd like to see him fire with a little bit more confidence you know I think that that's something that he's capable of and even if it's even if it is, you know, I mean, he he's had, I, I believe, a sub-20% three-point shooting year in his career as well. Even if it is like that for a stretch, I, I'd, I'd like to just see him take, like, one a game, you know? And that, that's, again, hard to do when you're not getting consistent minutes like a guy like JaVale is. But I, I would just like to see him be a little bit more confident from out there. I think that's just kind of a, a trend in general with some of the Cavs. Um, it's kind of funny because we talk about guys like JaVale and Drummond and not wanting to shoot from three, whereas, you know, guys like Larry or, you know, Thon Maker, uh, I, I would like to see shoot the ball with a little bit more confidence. And, you know, Larry has been struggling as well. And we're only eight games into the season, so, you know, I think guys like that can, can turn it around. But um, at the same time, you know, not really – not sure. We'll just have to see with, um, you know, if he if he if it is a confidence issue. If he starts taking more, is he gonna you know start hitting some? We'll just have to see. But um, any any other standout guys from these couple of games from either of you?
2: My guy, Damian Dotson. Dotson, I feel like he played well that first game. The second game, he kind of had that that tweak at the end of the first half that kind of set him back. But I mean, like we talked about. This is what we wanted to see from Dotson. I think that first game he had 16 points. Yeah, shot six of ten. You know, with Axum out, this is what we wanted to see: when to see him. You know, not really take over, but you know, be efficient, be that you know scoring threat that he has some ability to be, and potentially take minutes away from Axum or just make the coaches think about whether him or Axum should be that backup guard spot alongside Kevin Porter Jr. Whenever he comes back.
0: Well, it's going to be Damian Dotson for a while. Um, yeah. And, you know, it sucks that Exum, you have to feel terrible for Exum. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, yeah. you know, yeah. if the basketball guys are real, you know, why do they hate Dante Exum? He seems yeah. like a nice guy, but um, it it just, he, he can never catch a break. But at the mm-hmm. same time, this is a golden opportunity for a guy like Damien Dotson. I think he's playing, you know, well enough. I think. Yeah we were kind of talking about, you know, how is this guy going to get into the rotation and really prove himself? I think this is, here, here's your golden opportunity. Like, especially right now with Garland out, um, you know, without really any guards other than him and Sexton, this is your chance to, and, and obviously he'll have plenty of chances again. You know, they're, they're very, it, it's not just Exum that's out right now. But, um, you know, Damian will get his shot here, and I think he's proving that he's he's playing well right now. I think again, you know, just having someone who can hit an outside shot when some guys are cold, and I'll keep saying it—I've said it so many times—but you have
3: so many guys out. That's really, really important right now. Would you agree, Dan? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I just—I really think the Cavs. I, I hope he's not really um, too banged up because they really need his pull-up ability, um, just capability to be able to create for himself. And I really, the more I watch him play, I, I just, I mean, dating back to even the next days, I and mean, they, they just, they often couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. But just a really, really solid passer for like a non primary playmaking guy. Made a really nice play to Nance in, in that last game. Really, honestly, Snakes pick and rolls pretty well for a non kind of pass first player. I, I think he really has a good feel in that in that regard and uh, just uh, just seems like a really uh i just would think that the more i watch him play that bigger staff really trusts him out there and defensively isn't the best guy in the world but um better than mo- i mean probably i in my opinion probably the best Cavs guard in terms of de- defense um and I just think he's just a uh, really, really smart, heady player.
0: With Exum, I'll, I agree with you. That he, and even that, yeah, I don't know. Right, right.
3: I'm just factoring in that, unfortunately, Exum, we just never know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, before we transition
0: into some other stuff, um, got to tell you about Thrive Fantasy. Basketball, the NBA season is underway It is the perfect time to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today, or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's like Kevin Love, K-L-O-V-E, when you sign up, and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Again, that promo code is KLOVE. Sign up and prop up today. (sighs) Well, the theme of the the episode here is injuries. Uh, We learned today that the Cavaliers applied for a hardship exception. Basically, you're able to do that when four players are out for three consecutive games, along with an additional two weeks. I'm assuming that between... Love and Windler, and you know, coming up, Exum. We'll have to see what's going on with KPJ. You know, obviously, I, I don't know what the situation is there. When he'll be back, uh, if that will be within that two and two-week window or not. But either way, the Cavaliers have applied for this hardship exception that basically grants them an extra player, an extra roster spot that allows them to sign another player until they can get some healthy bodies back. Um, the Cavaliers have. Identified basically, you know, another ball handler as a need. With this exception, if they were able to be getting it, um, we're going to look at a few of those options today. Um, I guess we'll just we'll just start with uh, Emmanuel Mudiay, who is a 24-year-old point guard, a bigger guard. Um, has played for the Nuggets, the Knicks, and the Jazz in his career. He's someone who has kind of been up and down. Overall, you could say disappointing. Um, you know, really just kind of was a, I don't want to say, I don't want to be harsh and say a bust with the Nuggets, but really just was not good. Kind of got a second chance with the Knicks. Um, got in really great shape there and I thought played well. Looked like he was going to be, you know, a real NBA player. He seemed like he had figured things out. Uh, signed with the Jazz last year and kind of reverted back to his old self. Um, you know, not some, like I said, a bigger guard, but not a great defender. Um, not a shooter, and not really able to get to the rim very well either. Um, I think, you know, if that's something that he is able to do, like I said, I think conditioning has been a little bit of his concern throughout his career as well. Um, But overall, you know, he's still young, 24, and someone who can handle the ball, which (laughs) would be nice right now. Amadou, how do you feel about Emmanuel Moutier, and would you like his fit with this Cavaliers team as currently constructed with the
2: injuries? Well, you know, considering, you know, how our teams are currently, we can't really be too picky of guys that we want. But uh, that being said, I feel like Moody would, you know, he'd be a good fit. You know, I feel like that's just another ball handler. Like you said, we really need that. But, you know, what's his defense going to be like? You know, he's a sub, what, 33, 34 percent shooter from three. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be knocking those down. Playmaking wise, you know, he's decent, too. And I feel like he can't really work off ball too well. So, I mean, and until Exum comes back, I feel like yeah, you know, you can see him to be replaced. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like there might be a better option out there for the backup point or just another ball handler spot.
0: Yeah, we'll get to some other options here. He's not my favorite either. I think you know. Again, this isn't probably someone that the Cavaliers are going to keep around long-term, whoever it is. It'll just kind of be for short-term help. But if the Cavaliers do want to get a look at a young guy, I think this is you know an interesting option. And there are other options out there. But, Dan, how do you like Emmanuel Moutier? Would you be happy with this signing? Would you
3: want somebody else? Yeah, I'd take take the latter. Uh, Moutier is... Uh, <sighs> just not been good I don't know else to put it than that um, showed some f- some things with the Knicks I was I don't know if it was really that or if it was just the op- more opportunities it seems like the latter uh, just shrieky as a shooter would be putting it painting it positively uh, just not not really a shot make a shot maker I wouldn't say not not a floor spacer um just yeah not not viable off the ball defensively leaves a lot to be desired and yeah he's athletic but so are the players in the nba so that's that's a couldn't be a harder of a pass for me than that
0: and and you talk about that athleticism it's like he kind of has it but he really just does not use it at all like you said he's not a good defender Um, And really, you know, doesn't, like I said, doesn't really get to the rim well either. Uh, Like you said, not a good shooter, which, you know, obviously doesn't help with driving lanes as far as spacing is concerned. But it seems like, you know, kind of he's in the, the Andrew Wiggins camp of instead of, you know, getting all the way to the rim, kind of just stopping, you know, six feet out, five, you know, anywhere from five to seven feet out or even further sometimes and taking those contested, you know, fallback, fade away, turnaround mid rangers that don't go in, in an efficient clip. So I'm kind of with you here. Um, like I said, if, if the Cavaliers think that they see something in Moutier and would be interested in bringing him back in the future, um, maybe you could convince me. But just for short-term relief, uh, not really my guy. Um, let's get into Shabazz Napier now because this is one that I'm a little bit more interested in. 29 uh, year old, kind of combo guard, but it, you know it does have a good handle of the ball. Um, just an overall scoring guard. I think he's proven that he can do that. Um, where did where did Moutier play last? So he Couldn't was with the with Wizards the, at the beginning. The of last, The yes. Jazz was last. Oh. The Jazz was last. Hold on, because he was with the Nuggets there I for a was minute, the wasn't he?
2: Right. The Shabazz
0: Napier, yeah, he was with the Timberwolves too. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. God, sorry. We
3: we're that talking about Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, it Shabazz Napier was,
0: was kind of all over the place really, lately. I think it was the, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the Wolves,
2: mm, then the Wizards. The Wizards, Amadou's yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Like, he was, he was traded with,
3: there near the deadline, yeah.
2: He was okay. with
0: the Timberwolves, and then he got traded to the Nuggets, and that mess of a deal, that four-team yeah. thing. Yeah. And then And then out. went to the Wizards. Yeah, okay. But anyway, yeah, um... You know, a career 34% three-point shooter. At the end of last season with the Wizards, shot 36% on four attempts a game.
3: Uh, Dan, how do you like Shabazz Napier? Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, in this situation, um, he's got a lot of shake. Not not really a high-end athlete as far as NBA standards go, but um, just a really, really crafty uh, on-ball player. And, I mean, the splits don't necessarily like highlight it but he's he's a good passer too. two um, has good ball movement feel can make nice skip feeds over the top um, can hit bigs as well um, just really uh, would be a nice ad in this kind of situation um, good on ball Uh, again, on-ball feel, heady in the pick-and-roll, and and I just think could really um, ease the playmaking burden on guys like um, Jetty and Nance and or Colin, um, just in general. Uh, And it really is a Solid pull-up shooter, um, something that the Cavs need right now, given their situation. And defensively, he's he's another six-foot guy who is not, but he's he's not a sieve there necessarily. And does I, I think he has like a two-point-three uh, percent career steal rate. Is is a again a heady off-ball player that uh, schematically you can kind of with bigs in there that can help him. I think he'd be passable in that end.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, just the shot creation right now is something that would be, you know, desperately needed if he were the guy to sign. I I honestly think he's probably the front runner. Um, I I was kind of surprised to see that he hasn't been signed by anybody now. Um, Yeah. Again, someone who I think just can provide that kind of scoring punch and isn't, isn't, you know, like Jamal Crawford or it level bad. Off on the defensive end, and you know, isn't like super duper ball dominant either. Like, I think he can play off the ball yeah. at least and be okay. Amadou, how do you like Shabazz Napier and the potential of bringing him to the Cavaliers?
2: Yeah, I feel like he definitely too would be the front runner right now. Like you said, he's a nice ball handler. You know, he's nice and nimble. He's shifty. Um, he has playmaking abilities. You know, he's able to pass the ball. Be a nice guy to have off the bench. He does have that three-point shot, you know, like 34%. But I I feel, I feel like he can definitely knock a few down. And when he's hot, he's hot. Defensively, I wouldn't really worry too much. Um, and he's a vet. He's, what, 29? You know, this would be a great chance at a second chance. But um, like you said, I'm surprised he hasn't been picked up, too. I thought maybe a team like the Rockets would look to pick him up, considering that Chris Clemens, you know, unfortunately went out for the rest of the year with an Achilles injury. But this is definitely a guy that I feel like the Cavs should look for and yeah,
0: yeah, I, I would be a fan of bringing in Napier, and you, you talk about you know him being 29, and you know, the fact is whoever the Cavs bring in is not going to be a long term piece for this team. It's literally just going to be help us out right now, and you know simultaneously kind of audition in front of the rest of the league. If you play well in a big role here in Cleveland for you know a week or so, maybe another team gives you a shot. So you know I think that's kind of what it's going to be. Uh, we can look at some other guys here. Um, Alonzo Trier was weighed by the Knicks uh, kind of before the bubble during that transaction window. I think that was when the Knicks decided to bring in Theo Pinson. But um, another kind of just high volume, you know, isolation score. Uh, I think more of a natural two than a natural one. But you know, can can handle the ball a little bit. A smaller guard, I believe, as well. But um, you know, it's someone who again can just kind of provide A little bit of offensive punch, you know. Ideally, in a bench role, but um, what what would your opinion of? Well, I guess not your opinion. It is your opinion, but um, how how would you feel about bringing in a guy like Trier,
2: Amadou? Um, now Trier is interesting because, you know, he's he's more of a a combo guard. I don't know if he's really a point guard. I would more see him as like a two guard, um, but. Like you said, he's a heavy ISO-type player. Um, and everything he's done in the league, he's he's done well, but it's been just like in limited minutes. And I guess that's, you know, you could say that's what he'd be on the Cavs. But you know, he's a guy who in his rookie season, he shot 39% from three. Last year, that dipped down to just under 36%. Um, but, you know, I, it'd be interesting because I feel like off the bench for the Cavaliers, they have a lot of, you know, off-ball guys, at least for right now. You know, like um, Jetty Osmond can work off-ball if Okoro... Or whenever Garland comes back and then a core starting, and Jetty moves back to the bench. Um, yeah, the bench is pretty, it's pretty weak right now. But, you know, he has that off ball player in Jetty that, you know, doesn't need the ball. So he'd be good. And like you said, for this hardship ex- exception, he'd be here for a month. So if Kevin Porter Jr. were to come back in that time span, you know, Truer wouldn't really affect that at all. The Caps could easily just waive him. So, I mean, maybe, but like I said from Ludier, this isn't my favorite pick. And to be honest, I might like Moutier over Trier as well. So,
0: really, yeah. No, I feel yeah. like again, like the ball handling need, you go with Emmanuel Moutier. But I just don't believe that Emmanuel Moutier can really score at all. That's and true. And I think that yeah. I think that while again, like you get more of a, a true point guard in Emmanuel Moutier. This team also needs, I say true All point hints, guard, I mean, yeah. Emmanuel Moutier, the point guard. But um, Trier can at least like really provide a scoring punch, which I think would be valuable to this team. Like Again, I, I think I would prefer a guy like Shabazz Napier, but um, overall, I, I, I wouldn't hate the Trier addition
3: either. Dan, how do you feel about Alonzo Trier? Yeah, I'm a little bit torn just because I don't. Yeah, Alonzo Trier hasn't is a little bit allergic to the word pass, but uh, with the Cavs predicament right now, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy that can fill it up for you. Um, had 19.2 points per 36 minutes last season, which on with the spacing of the Knicks last year was was pretty impressive, even though it was a limited sample, um, 24 appearances, but i would i be really uh mad if they sign Alonzo Trier in this situation? no, just because he can um get to his spots for you um via isos and it does have deep range so uh could be a, a scoring punch type there but yeah to me it's they need to get a one that's just clear as day well before
0: we get into one final veteran fridge, and I do want to talk about one more young guy, um, that being Miles Powell, uh, 23 year old, kind of another combo guard, kind of in the same sense of uh, Alonzo Trier, uh, 23 years old, kind of more of a combo guard, doesn't really have a natural position because he is kind of a smaller guard. Again, not a true point guard, though, but someone else who can just kind of fill it up. Amadou, I know this is someone that you kind of highlighted. Uh, what do you like about Miles Powell? How do you think you would fit on a team like this?
2: Yeah, well, um, I like to throw the sort to run, but similar to Way uh excuse me, Windler, he's like a a rookie's vet. You know, he played all four years at Seen Hall and is a great score, you know, peaked at twenty-three points, but um last two seasons averages twenty three point one points and twenty one points respectively. Um his three point shot is pretty concerning. I mean last year it dipped from thirty six percent in his junior year to thirty percent in his senior year, but I don't know. I feel like he can definitely hit that shot. Like you said, he is more of a combo guard, and, you know, his passing doesn't need to be worked on. But I feel like if the Cavs, you know, want to bring in a guy who maybe they say has potential to, you know, be on this team past that hardship extension past next season, I feel like you should take a flyer on a guy like a Miles Powell. But that just depends on what the Cavs want to do.
0: Yeah, uh, unless... Unless the Cavaliers see him as a more valuable guy than, say, Thonmaker or, you know, we don't really know what's going on with Del Vadova right now. If, for whatever reason, like, you know, whatever he has going on is more serious and they don't think he could return and you want to waive a guy like him, I think, again, you know, they would look in a different direction. I think they might look for a more veteran guy. But if they do want to pick up another prospect and somebody that, you know, they they want to look at a little bit more, you know, long-term as a project, Miles Powell is a guy that I would like. Um, Dan, you have any thoughts any Oh, before thoughts we get to here? Dan,
2: though, um, Colin sure. Sexton is actually out tonight against the Grizzlies. Colin
3: Sexton the, is out?
2: What yeah, the? Yeah, with the left no, ankle.
3: No, it said – Fedor said it was like a typo. He meant to say Sexton was in.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say is thirty it? minutes ago I got that he was playing.
2: So mm, I just got it like the up because the don't oh, get to the oh, roster. Oh, yeah, oh, Dotson's gonna start. Oh, oh no, right, it
3: was four minutes ago. Yeah, okay. Sorry. yeah so right.
2: Sexton is out. Yeah. First Ooh, game is a pro. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. Um huh. Could get interesting tonight.
0: Mm. Man. So uh we starting Damian Dotson at point guard. Yeah. And playing him there the whole game. Um,
2: Nobody else, yep.
0: So I guess, you know, I mean, this, this podcast is going to go up after this game. But I guess we can kind of just do a prediction now. Who is the backup point guard tonight? Is it Isaac Okoro? Is it Jetty? Is it Andre Drummond? Who is it going to be?
2: I think it has to be Jetty. I would assume so, just because he's more of a vet. than. Or maybe this is a time where, I mean, considering that everybody's out, JB wants to see if Okoro has that playmaking ability and he, he puts him there. Dan, who you got? Who are you putting
0: your money on tonight?
3: Backup point guard. Uh, yeah, I guess it's Jenny. I mean, I, I yeah, I guess Jetty just because that's probably who he'll trust more, but um, again, this is just more opportunity for them to see what they have in a Okoro as a playmaker, and there's going to be ups and downs with that, but I really do think that he's, he's got a lot to uh, show in that regard. Yeah, I think we'll
0: we'll see a lot of playmaking opportunities from everybody. You know, expect us. I think we're going to see a lot of people bringing the ball up the floor. Um, Larry, Andre, you know, Jetty, Isaac, Damian, those are going to be the guys that you're relying on to bring the ball up the floor, I guess. But um, Dan, you, we'll, we'll stay on schedule here. Um, you got any thoughts about Miles Powell? How would you like his fit with
3: this team? Yeah, he's, he's a crafty player, another one of those, who, who can create space off the bounce, um, has, can take advantage of bigs in the pick and roll, or at least did in college, I would think at this level could. Uh, can get to his spots pretty well uh, along the perimeter. Not going to be a guy that's really, at least in the NBA, I wouldn't think is, is much of a threat in the paint. Does have some floater game. Um, he has some shake, but yeah, with the Cavs, I just another six-two guard. I just would rather not. Um, at least have any project sense with. Uh, in different situations, could could succeed, but I, I just defensively would just be a sieve and not not really a passer at all. And I mean, no disrespect to Miles Turn or Miles My- Powell. Powell, I'm sorry. Um, but with the Cavs situation, yeah, I just I, I'd rather pass. Well, that leaves me with one
0: guy on my list that we got to talk about here. You want to talk about defense? What was the word that you used? A defensive sieve. Sib.
3: Sib. Sib. Like basically was like just rollover type. Yeah. Like yeah. turn turnstile. There you go.
0: Well, we have to get to him then, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Former Cavalier Isaiah Thomas. Um, again, just if the and again, I I, I would probably prefer Shabazz Napier, but this one does like semi interest me. Would he want to come back to Cleveland? I don't know. But at the same time, LeBron is gone. Uh, I, I believe he still has a decent relationship with Kevin Love, even if he's not going to be playing on him, playing with him on the court. But uh, I honestly think you know if Isaiah Thomas. Wants to make an NBA return. This would be pretty much the perfect way for him to do it. Um, you know, basically, again, you know, kind of similar to other guys here. You're going to get an opportunity to play big minutes, even if it is in a not that great team, especially right now with nobody else on the roster being healthy. But he's going to get a huge opportunity here. Um, He provides a role of scoring punch and someone who can you know handle the ball has a little bit of playmaking juice. Again obviously we know the defensive limitations he's when he's in the league he's probably the worst defender in the league but you know i, I think you can you can live with that right now <laughs> when you just need somebody who can handle the ball but um den do you like the idea of bringing in Isaiah Thomas this isn't something that's been rumored at all
3: but i would love to see these rumors start picking up here absolutely not um yeah no i don't we don't need any guy that's. Uh, when guy's actually are back. He just. I don't want that in. Uh, in the I guess realm and around young well, guys. I, I know that they wouldn't well, say that's it the thing. publicly, once he's back, but I'd I'd frankly pass. Big big pass.
0: That's the thing, though. You know, you're talking about. You know, once guys get healthy. Once guys get healthy, he's out of here. This is basically just you know for the time being, give him a chance to show that he can still play, and then cut him. You know, I,
3: I just I don't know why. I just feel like if we're gonna go out and get a guy like that, it seems like there's a possibility he can stick around um, because he'll probably have juiced up stats in the situation. And I, I just have a feeling that Dan Gilbert, for some odd reason, or the organization would want him to stick around. I, I don't know why. That's just if they're gonna they bring him want him a to guy stick around like last him, time. But if they're gonna bring him around this time, I just feel like it. Yeah, I, I I'd just personally rather pass. and would rather not touch that with a ten foot,
2: ten foot pole.
0: Amadou, how do you feel about the possibility of bringing back Isaiah Thomas?
2: Yeah, um, I'm probably with Dan here. I'd pass. I don't know. Um, if his offense just isn't clicking, man, I just don't want him out there on defense. And you know, he's 31. He's coming off another, I think he had another hip procedure this offseason or something. I'm not sure. I, I I don't know. I mean, you could say, you know, he has a shooting ability, ball handling, all that, but he hasn't played basketball in how long? Has it been nine, ten months? When Whenever he got waived, I, I I'll just pass, to be honest. I just, you know.
0: Yeah, it, well, he, he did play with the Wizards last season. Uh, he was traded to the Clippers again in that whole mess of a trade deadline. And, um, yeah, was was waived by the Clippers and hasn't been back since. But I think he just parted ways with his agency, um, and he did state that he is looking to make an NBA comeback. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like, you know, what do you have to lose right now? Um, it'll give, you know, those Cavs fans who are unfortunate enough to buy an Isaiah Thomas jersey. Um Assuming they didn't throw him in the trash. Break him out for a couple weeks, you know? I, I I don't know. I I think it makes some sense basketball-wise. Again, you know, and you can talk about, you know, the culture stuff off the floor and what is he going to bring. Wasn't the best guy to have around last go-around. But you know, maybe things might be different. Again, I think this is a completely different locker room than last time. Um, and, you know, the one guy who has stuck around is Kevin Love, who he has a good relationship with. So... I, I don't know I I I'm open to the idea um, I would not be I, I'll say I, I would not be upset to see Isaiah Thomas come back and I, I'm not sure that he has an NBA future but um, I wouldn't hate it if a team gave him a shot just to see what he can do and um, like I said I think the defense would still be horrible but I think he can still make shots and
3: uh, that's kind of something this team needs yeah horrible is Actually, horrible statement. Definitely a compliment. I, I mean, to me at this point the big three, like that that's that's where he's going. I, I don't know how I I don't even know he he'd be a sieve in the big three defensively. Like humo- yeah, he might actually yeah. be he might actually end up being a more negative player in the big three, now that I think about it actually. Because okay, there's be- there's not two other guys around him, so in addition to the I mean Actually, he could end up being a more net. Do they have advanced stats in the big three? Because he actually could end up being worse in that, now that I think about it. Because he's, he's, he's not a passer. I mean, there's a lot of one-on-one in that. The guy is not a passer at all. Like he's. I wouldn't say he's not uh, at all. He's, he's a passer in the sense that like, he's triple teamed and he'll, by bare default, pass it out. That's the kind of passer Isaiah Thomas is. I'm just saying. I mean, like, at least he can do that, though. I he, mean, he filled it up on the on the on the Kings like back way back when.
0: I mean, he's an, a career five assists per game guy. Like that's not
3: great. Those are but... the most empty five assists you will ever see <laughs> on, on Earth. And when you're down when you're down forty five five assists and doing a whole lot for you, he's not a better passer than Colin Sexton. He's not. Not. And he turns uh, the ball over at will. I mean, a walking let's see. turnover. I, I yeah. just, I, I, Isaiah Thomas, I'm sorry, he is maybe my least-liked least, least liked player in the history of the league. I don't know why In the that's history my, of the league? What on earth,
0: Dan? What did he do me? to you?
3: He's—well, it, it's the Kyrie Irving trade deal that—, that I that, mean, and that's Just fair. the fact that the Cavs got duped out of that, basically getting 15 games out of him— that that's why it's not even really him. It's just that that it just brings me back to that horrendous deal. So it, we're moving past it. Never mind. <laughs> Twenty
0: three minutes a game last year in the games that he did play. One point nine turnovers. I mean, that's not good. But and, and you'd you'd like a better than a you know three point seven assists. Oh, I'm, 1. I'm 9 not, turnovers. i not.
3: I'm a, not like a turnover like like oh my god, the guy's turnovers type guy, but. When you give up the amount of points he does at and the other end the of the floor, I, it's just it's just hard to it's just hard to fathom a worst defender. Like I don't know, he he just is he's not he's he's just skinny. It's not really his fault. It's just it's amazing that he was in the league for as long as he was. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think
0: that you know, just his mobility is more limited than it used to be, and that's just not going to get better. But um, I, like I said, I would like to see just on a team that needs the offensive punch and the ability to handle the ball. It's not like it's going to be a long term thing with the Cavs. Like I, I don't think that there's really any circumstance where they keep him unless he like returns to like starting form, which won't happen because again the defense is just that bad. But uh. I, 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 I won't say that I, I am not with, with you guys on this one. I would like to see Isaiah Thomas back. Um, I don't know. I guess personally I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I did never, you know, blame Isaiah for that whole thing just because, again, yeah, he wasn't I, healthy. I, I
3: retract some of that. I feel bad saying it, but – the fact that we just got so little out of them is just so disappointing. And on top of the fact that Jay Crowder couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat with Cleveland and everywhere else, that he's one like a shooter. Yeah. It's just added into that too. That that one that one hurts a little bit. The Jay
0: Crowder stuff. You can't. Th- th- there was no injury concern there. That was just weird. But um, we'll we'll move on from all of it. I think. Can we agree that Shabazz Napier is probably the yeah. best
3: guy for the team here?
2: Yes. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, I think it's
3: pretty clear. Not not uh, Acobo. Um, Elliot com- Kobo. that's, mm, yeah, that's, uh, that's a name. I was completely joking. Completely joking. <laughs> uh, that, how that guy was an NBA player was unbelievable. It, it's, it, Elliot, I mean,
0: he was an NBA player because he was on the Suns and he was their only Whoa. point guard at the yeah, time.
3: Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But um that was was that Igor
3: was his coach was his head coach I don't remember I don't know what. That
0: was on he was on the uh, Suns wait, wait, Yeah wait was it K- well, I think I don't Igor remember was something I,
3: I just loved his name Igor Kokoshkov Igor Kokoshkov yeah, that, was, yeah. that, was a that sure may name. have been I don't I don't that know anything about it
0: yeah. That was with um Earl Watson was it too and who was the, the interim? I don't know. It, it, I think we're, we're talking in interim, Sons, no. coaches.
2: Well, yeah. I think the interim yeah, sorry. Ranch I, is
0: sorry, I'm now. getting off I track know. here. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care. It's just the irrelevancy of, of whoever the Sons interim. I don't know. doesn't matter. Anyway. Cavs play the Grizzlies tonight. They actually have they started yet? They're probably just about to. I think they're just taking the floor now. They're about to tip off. But um. Predictions. Obviously, the Grizzlies are without John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Uh, the Cavaliers are without, like, everybody in the league. Um, good to see Damian Dotson out there at least. But uh, predictions, how's this game going to go tonight? Amadou, we can start with you.
2: Yeah, I think the Grizzlies got this one. I do want to see. I need 20 from Dotson. I I, I just need it. Uh, it'll be a feel good. You just Just show them that, you know. You you have that spot over uh, Exum.
0: I mean, somebody has to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it to be. Him. It, it's got to be either Jetty or you know Damian Dotson or somebody. I don't know. Are you guys watching this game right now?
2: Not right now, but I do plan on watching it.
0: I think we'll, they, they just we'll started they the game. Exactly. They're all they're all locking arms and taking a knee. Yeah. which is kind of cool to see. I think, yeah, yeah, pretty much everybody on each side after the tip is doing this. I can't hear the broadcast, but... um, Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, cool to see by them. Um, I won't get too much into it, but it is, you know, you you like to see that. But um, overall, talking about the game, I don't think without Sexton they can pull it off, even with the the Grizzlies' injuries. I think that they have this one. You know, somebody's going to need to step up, whether it's Jetty or... Andre has a monster game, or Dotson. Dan,
3: can the Cavaliers survive this one? No, absolutely not. Uh, I'm just intrigued to see is, is Grayson Allen active tonight? Who's Who's you know, I Believe so. Uh, who's going to throw through hands with him? That's the only only one. I only thing I'm really <laughs> concerned about. But uh, aside from that, yeah, I'm going to say the Grizzlies just take it. I'll say one ten to ninety two. I think that's fair. You know, I mean,
0: I, Jetty I Jetty I just, hit a three. It's oh, a good. That's go. a good sign. There we go. Jetty hit well, a three. He's gonna miss the next ten. So Jetty's next gonna 10. drop thirty tonight, yeah. and the Cavaliers are gonna win by one. There's my prediction. Um, with that, thank you everybody out there so much for listening. Thank you guys for hopping on. Let's get off of here and watch this game. Uh, if you enjoyed, um, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff, guys. Any final comments before we get out of here?
2: Go Cavs.
3: Uh, I think yeah, Dante might have to go back to the jump, Jack jumpers after the season. <laughs> so if he can, if he's, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he might. Yeah. Right. No. So, yep. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Appreciate you all. We will see you next time.
1: to get started.
0: Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.